You see my screen? So I will start today's talk. So first I wanna thanks for Shoshan to invite me and thanks for having me. And it's my pleasure to be the first PhD student to give a talk on this platform. So my talk is focused on the role of cognitive flow and self-regulated learning in computer-based learning environments. So during my PhD, my research examined students' cognitive flow patterns and self-regulated learning processes in computer-based environments. And moreover, I also use multimodal learning analytics in my research to develop a deep understanding of how students' cognitive flow and self-regulated learning interacted and how the interactions affected students' learning performance, especially in computer-based environments. And for today's talk, I will first discuss about why cognitive load and self-regulated learning is important. And then I will introduce an integrative theoretical framework of cognitive load and self-regulated learning proposed by me and my supervisors, Professor Susan Ladrua. And following the framework, two of my studies will show you empirical evidence that will validate several propositions involved in a theoretical model. And I will discuss my future research agenda to end my talk. So why cognitive load and self-regulated learning is important? The wild application of computer-based learning environments provides students with individualized confidence and guidance and to provide students with better learning experiences. But this kind of environments also bring several challenges. For, for example, students need to process massive and non-sequential information in online learning platforms. And these platforms may also involve suboptimal designs, making it very difficult for students to locate important information. And students may be low engaged and lack motivation in computer-based learning environments. So all these aforementioned challenges make it essential to study students' cognitive load and self-regulated learning. So cognitive load originates from different information processes and can be classified into three different types, which play distinct roles in learning. So processing the task in information will lead to a generation of intrinsic loads, which is determined by the complexity of task materials. And intrinsic load is quite important in expertise development. The second type, extraneous load, is induced by processing inappropriate task formats, designs, and instructional activities. And it's necessary in learning and may embed effective learning. The third, germane load, is relevant to organizing task information into individuals' prior knowledge structures, namely the construction of cognitive schemas. So germane loads can directly contribute to learning. And more importantly, learners' information processing capacity is limited, and once exceeding the threshold, students may experience cognitive overload so they have to strike a balance among the three types of cognitive loads. And from the perspective of instructors and the developers of computer-based environments, they can improve their design factors to reduce the likelihood of students being overloaded. But for learners, what should they do? Can they regulate and manage cognitive load to achieve a balance? So this is relevant to another important process, self-regulated learning. And it refers to a dynamic process whereby learners proactively monitor, control, and regulate their behaviors, cognition, motivation, and emotions to achieve predetermined goals. So not 
Let's take an example to clarify what is the faculty learning. So for instance, a student wants to learn statistics in online courses. So he will first set a learning goal, such as mastering several inferential statistical tests in two months. Then he makes plans to achieve the goal, such as the topics and study time every day. And throughout the learning process, he uses various learning strategies to advance the task. As, as well, he, he will self-monitor his learning behaviors and the progress. By comparing the learning progress with the preset goals, he may change the learning strategies or adjust his learning goals or make other appropriate adaptations. These are all self-regulated learning processes. And in computer-based learning environments, students are more likely to be overwhelmed in a massive and nonlinear information. So self-regulated learning is particularly important. So continue with the example. Students will encounter intrinsic, extraneous, and German loads when their learning starts online. So in other words, cognitive load and self-regulated learning co-occur during learning. So how cognitive load interacts with the self-regulated learning processes? Will self-regulated learning cause additional cognitive loads? Will cognitive load in turn affect self-regulated learning? And how students experience cognitive loads during the dynamic self-regulated learning processes? I will first answer these questions from the theoretical perspective and then empirical evidence. So first, I conducted a scoping review to synthesize the previous theoretical and empirical perspectives and I construct an integrative model to explain why and how cognitive loads interact with self-regulated learning. So for the sake of time, I will not explain the model in details, but only mention three important propositions involved in this talk. So first, students may experience varying cognitive loads during self-regulated learning activities. So during self-regulated learning, learners need to process information from two levels. And the objective level, students deal with academic content. And the meta level, they process the information from the objective level. So now let's take the self-regulated learning activity of goal setting as an example. So students need to first analyze the task information, the task requirements, and identify the required domain-specific knowledge and identify if there are any time limits. Then the objective level information will enter into the meta level and students further evaluate their mastery degree of required knowledge and the match degree between their prior knowledge and the time limits. By synthesizing both objective and meta level information processes, students set a learning goal. And more importantly, the information processes and both levels generate cognitive loads. In other words, during different self-regulated learning activities, students conduct different information processes and thus they may experience varying cognitive loads. And second, cognitive load leads to different self-regulated learning processes. So students' self-regulated learning is always performed in different conditions. And these conditions include students' prior knowledge, environmental design factors, task complexity, task formats, or external guidance provided by instructors or environments. So these internal, external conditions of self-regulated learning are all sources of cognitive loads. In other words, cognitive loads can be the condition of self-regulated learning and the students have to perform different self-regulated learning processes to accommodate the demands of varying cognitive loads. So for instance, in complex tasks, students are more likely to set low-level goals and are more likely to use deep-level cognitive strategies. However, in the easy task, 
students set high-level learning goals and use shallow strategies. So the last one is that cognitive loads affect metacognitive kind of judgments. So metacognitive judgments refer to individuals' self-assessment of one's own task progress and performance. For instance, students may self-assess the ease of learning and how well they understand the materials, namely the judgment of learning, and how confident they feel about proposing the correct solution, namely the confidence judgments. So because in most cases, students are not provided the direct and final information about their performance during their learning process, so how they make metacognitive judgments. The answer is that based on some clues. So for example, in a reading task, students may judge their understanding levels based on their reading speed and reading time. So in this case, reading speed and a time on task are clues. So similarly, the perceived cognitive loads can be a clue to, to make metacognitive judgments. High cognitive loads may prompt students to make negative metacognitive judgments. So overall, cognitive loads plays an important role when students make metacognitive judgments during self-regulated learning. So based on the theoretical propositions, several empirical studies were conducted in computer-based environments called BioWorlds. So BioWorlds simulates virtual patients to help medical students train their clinical reasoning skills. And the students were first provided with a case summary, which describes patient information and symptoms. Then students can highlight the critical information and collect them into the observation list for further review. And BioWorld also enables students to order medical tests and obtain immediate test results, normal or abnormal. As well, this platform provides an online library which can help our students search more information to reach a diagnosis. So based on the collected information, students can formulate and manage their diagnostic hypothesis. So as, as the, at the same time, BioWorld provides a panel to reorganize gathered information, and it asks students to assess whether an evidence item supports proposed diagnosis or not. So in this finger, the blue and the red indicate supportive and unsupportive evidence respectively. So these functions will enable students to monitor their task progress. By reorganizing the information, students can evaluate their confidence of getting the correct diagnosis. In the last step, students write a summary to reflect their clinical reasoning processes. Once they submitted the summary, they will get a performance feedback. So in the first empirical study, I answered two questions. How do students experience cognitive loads when conducting varying self-regulated learning activities? And the second, how does cognitive load during different self-regulated learning activities differ in their predictive effects on confidence judgment and task performance? So 31 medical students was included in this study. They first complete a sample case to familiarize themselves with the BioWorld system. And then they solved an easy and a difficult task in a random order. And during the tasks, students concurrently think about their thinking processes, so which is a data collection technique by which students are required to speak out whatever comes to their minds without any conscious modifications. So to explore students' self-regulated learning processes, I first coded five self-regulated learning activities from the transcribed Think Lot protocols. The self-regulated learning activities include orientation, planning, monitoring, evaluation, and self-reflection. So for instance, orientation refers to students performing task analysis and identifying the task demands. And planning refers to the activities by which 
students formulate goals and set goals to solve the task. At the same time, the linguistic features were used to indicate cognitive flows. So in this study, linguistic features are measured by counting the frequency of words indicating specific cognitive or emotional processes. For instance, the words think and check reflect that students are expressing their cognitive insights during the task and indicate their active thinking processes. So the frequent use of these words indicate a high cognitive load. So for the extraction of linguistic features of the think lot protocols, we use text mining techniques. Specifically, we use the four linguistic features in this study, cognitive insights, as we has mentioned that it refers to students' cognitive efforts to obtain a deeper understanding of the task. And a cognitive causation is students' analysis of cause-effect relationships to solve the task and can be reflected by the use of words like because, so, since, etc. And cognitive discrepancy means that there is inconsistency between prior knowledge and the task situations. And students always use words like conflict, inconsistent, uncertain, should, could to indicate discrepancies. And the last one, positive emotions, can be assessed by the use of words excited, happy, and enjoy. And this kind of words are negative indicators of cognitive loads. So to calculate students' cognitive load during each self-regulatory learning activity, we used the sum of the first three indicators minus positive emotion, which has been validated in our previous Imbrico study. So for the first research question, how do students express cognitive loads when conducting varying self-regulatory learning activity? We found that in the simple task, as indicated in the left part of the finger, Students experience mild cognitive loads in all five self-regulated learning activities, and thus there was no significant differences. And in the complex task, the differences were significant. Students experienced the highest cognitive loads in orientation and self-reflection. However, beyond our expectation, students' cognitive load was lowest during monitoring. The reason is that BioWorld helps students reorganize and visualize all gathered evidence during the monitoring process, which relieves the cognitive load that it would otherwise be caused by holding this information in mind. And for the second research question, we performed several linear mixed effects models. And the results found that cognitive load during orientation and monitoring significantly and negatively predicted students' confidence judgments. In other words, students tend to be less confident in their performance when they experienced higher cognitive load during orientation and monitoring. And this finding also provided direct evidence for the proposition that cognitive load is predictive of met cognitive judgments during self-regulatory learning. Then, cognitive loads during all five self-regulatory learning could not predict task performance. So this is beyond our expectation. The reason is that the cognitive load extracted by text mining did not differentiate between intrinsic extraneous and germane loads. But given the distinct and even opposite effects of three cognitive load types on performance, it's possible that the different effects were counterbalanced. So the relationship between overall load and task performance can be non-significant. So in conclusion, this study found that students experience high cognitive load during orientation, which suggests teachers can give students more scaffoldings during the orientation stage. And during self-reflection, teachers can provide students with visualized learning trajectories to reduce their cognitive load during the self-reflection phase. And based on the negative 
predictive effect of cognitive loads on confidence judgments. Students may underestimate their own task performance in complex tasks. So to avoid inaccurate judgments, accurate measures of cognitive loads should be provided to students. The last one, total cognitive load has no predictive effect on task performance. So we should distinguish different sources of cognitive load in future research and explore their different relationships with task performance. And my second study will address this issue. The second study has two main focuses. One is students' cognitive load patterns. Namely, we focus on the different sources of cognitive loads and consider their different combinations. For example, the combination of high intrinsic, low extraneous, and high German load. And the second focus is the temporal dynamics of self-regulated learning activities. And it specifically addressed the following three questions in this study. The first, what cognitive load patterns did medical students demonstrate? The second, how did cognitive load patterns relate to temporal dynamics of self-regulated learning behaviors. The last, what's the relationship between color flow patterns and metric of judgment and the performance? So this study involved 111 medical students and they were required to complete a training session before the experimental tasks. And then we were required to diagnose a virtual patient in BioWorld during the experimental stage. And during the time they were, their, their operations on BioWorld were recorded in log files and they were required to report of judgments at three different time points. And after completing the task, students filled out a cognitive load scale to report their perceived intrinsic, strenuous, and German cognitive loads. So eight self-regulated learning behaviors were extracted from the log files, including task analysis, task executing, help syncing, monitoring, solution construction, evaluation, elaboration, and reflection. And for instance, Task analysis refers to the process that students identify important critical task information from the case summary. And the task executing refers to that students ordering lab tasks to collect more evidence. Help syncing indicates students searching for the BioWorld library. And the monitoring indicates students' self-observation of their task progress. And the solution construction means students propose and manage and delete hypothesis. Evaluation indicates that students read the possibility of a proposed hypothesis. And during elaboration, students elaborate on the proposed hypothesis. In the last self-reflection activity, students write a self-reflective self summary. So to answer the first question, I used a two-step clustering analysis to analyze students' cognitive loads. And we thought that the model fit was optimal when participants were classified into three clusters. So let's start from the first cluster in the upper panel. And the light green background represents the frequency distribution of cognitive loads for all participants. And the dark green represents the frequency distribution for the first cluster. So let's say the first cluster has low intrinsic cognitive loads because the frequency distribution is to the left of the overall frequency distribution. So similarly, the, the first cluster had low extraneous loads, but relatively high German loads. And we label this cluster as knowledge builders based on the different definitions of three types of cognitive loads. And for the second cluster, we found that they had high intrinsic, high extraneous, but low German loads. So they were, they were labeled as task learners. But for the last cluster, we found they had high scores on three cognitive load types. So they were labeled as overloaded learners. And to answer the second question, 
I compare the differences in temporal dynamics of self-regulated learning behaviors among three patterns. So as shown in the epistemic network, the nodes represent different self-regulated learning behaviors with the node sites indicating behavior frequencies. And edges indicate temporal correlation between different self-regulated learning behaviors with a thickness reflecting the strength of temporal dependence. I also com compare the differences in epistemic networks between every two of the three patterns. So as shown in this figure, the green, purple, and orange nodes indicate knowledge builders, task-loaded learners, and overloaded learners. And the green line represents that knowledge builders were stronger in a certain relationship. So the, in this finger, we can identify that knowledge builders had a stronger association between task executing and task analysis. So similarly, the purple and orange line indicate that task loaded learners and overloaded learners were stronger in a certain relationship. As well, I performed t-tests to examine whether two epistemic networks had significant differences. So for the first comparison between knowledge builders and task loaded students, the t-test uh, results was significant. And more specifically, knowledge builders more frequently transitioned between monitoring and other self-regulated learning behaviors, which indicated that they often activated their metacognitive mechanisms to monitor the task of progress obtained through other self-regulated learning behaviors, including task executing, solution construction, and evaluation. Moreover, for knowledge builders, the temporal correlation between evaluation and solution elaboration is stronger. And this transition helps students to reorganize task information into prior knowledge structures and updated their cognitive schemas, which also corresponded to the high German loads for knowledge builders. But for task-loaded students, they were more likely to transition between help thinking and other behaviors to confirm the effectiveness of their operations. So secondly, the differences between knowledge builders and overloaded students were also significant. So for knowledge builders, they demonstrated stronger temporal correlation between task analysis and task executing, and they were more inclined to connect the monitoring and other behaviors. And knowledge builders had more edges connected to solution construction. But for overloaded students, they were more likely to transition between task executing and help thinking. In other words, like high intrinsic and extraneous loads led them to continuously order medical tests and a search library to gather more information to solve the task. So finally, although there were several visual differences in the epistemic networks between task loading and overloaded learners, the t-test result was not significant. So for the last research question, compared to the other two clusters, knowledge builders indicated by the green color rated the task as easier to learn. And they thought they had a better understanding of the task. And they reported higher judgment of learning scores. But for the confidence judgments, the three cognitive load patterns didn't differ. Moreover, knowledge builders achieved higher task performance in this task. So in summary, this study adopted a person-centered approach and identified three different cognitive load patterns as well, the epistemic network analysis was used to analyze the temporal dynamics of self-regulated learning behaviors. Knowledge builders frequently transitioned between monitoring and other behaviors, indicating this temporal correlation facilitates schema construction and expertise development. 
But Tuscaloosa overloaded learners associate age, health thinking, and other behaviors. So the differences among three clusters inform instructors need to provide different guidance based on the different kind of patterns to facilitate self-regulatory learning. And last one, knowledge builders reported more judgments and achieved a higher performance. So when designing computer-based environments, the instructors should embed effective props or scaffoldings to facilitate the occurrence of knowledge builders. So now I will talk about my future agenda to end today's talk. This is the research map I have shown at the beginning of the talk. Now I will end three potential future research directions in my extended research map. So first, we can employ more multimodal data, including EDA, EEG, facial expression, and eye chanker. And we can use more uh, learning analytics techniques like sequential mining, social network analysis to reveal students' dynamic learning processes. As well, we want to depict a more comprehensive uh, learning profile. So we are also focused on academic emotions and engagement in the future. And the second research direction is about the collaborative learning settings. In addition to self-regulation, we can still investigate the students' uh -huh. regulation and socially shared regulation in collaborative learning settings. And the last research direction is about the extending of the learning contexts. So the previous studies were conducted in the context of a clinical reasoning. So in the future, we can extend our investigations into other contexts like a STEM education and K-12 education. So this is the end of my talk and I'm happy to take your questions. Thank you for Tintin's presentation. If any of you have any question regarding the topic, I saw Ziyan is raising hand, so you can start. Hi, Tingting. I wonder what's the difference between self-regulated learning and self-directed learning? Can they be used interchangeably or they're different? I think, uh, in fact, I know there are differences between self-directed and self-regulated learning. So for my own site, I think self-regulated learning will focus more on the metacognitive aspects. So we need to monitor or evaluate or reflect and make adaptations during our self-regulated learning processes. But in self-directed learning processes, I think this process emphasized more on the autonomy provided to the students, but didn't emphasize more on the metacognitive regulation or adaptations of students. So I'm not sure whether I answered your questions correctly or properly. Thank you, Zia, and thank you, Tinting, for the answers. And uh, is there any other questions for Tinting? Okay, great. So, um, share the slides. So Zian is asking if you can share the slides. Actually, I did record the whole presentation and I will post it on our website and also YouTube and podcast channels. So if you want to have the detailed information, we can go back to watch. And it depends on Tinting also if she's like willing to publish her slides. But I think the whole recording has the full information package. So thank you, Tinting, for today's 
um, presentation again. And so I hope all of you can stay for a while and I will dismiss Tim Tim because she has another meeting very Thank you. soon. Thank you for the invitation and I will leave now, enjoy the remaining parts. Yeah, so um, bye Ting Ting and I will also have a wrap up here. So we have our website built recently and I would like to go through it with you and if you have any question or future um, suggestion we can talk about this so I will post